All right. Hey, everybody, you're listening to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think and talk practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra. Really grateful that you're here listening this week for the last episode of the year. This podcast is really all about simplifying life in the spirit, simplifying the supernatural and these things that Jesus has made available to us. And when we talk about simplifying, there's some criticism to that. But here's the deal. It's really uncomplicated. When we really understand what Jesus did for us through his death and through his resurrection, what he really secured for us, and he calls us to walk in his footsteps. He completed his work on the cross. He gave us authority over the devil. He gave us authority to cast out demons, authority over sickness and disease and over poverty and over these things that exalt themselves or try to exalt themselves against the name of Jesus Christ. He gave us authority. He put all of his enemies, Ephesians 1 verse, I think it's 22 or 23, that the father put all of the enemies of Jesus under his feet. He put all things under Jesus's feet and he, Jesus, is the head of the body and you and I are the body. If everything is under the feet of Jesus, that means that everything is under our feet as well because we are part of the body of Christ. Last I checked, the feet are connected to the body. So if they're under the feet of Jesus, they're under the feet of the body. We are the body of Christ. And so Jesus calls us to walk the way that he walked. He said that he was the light of the world, but then he turned around and he said, you are the light of the world. He said, go into all the world, preaching the gospel. He, he said in, in, in Mark chapter 16, he, he talked to his disciples uh, before he ascended to, to heaven to be with his father after his death and resurrection. He was like, all things that I've taught you, go and teach the same things. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But Jesus calls us to walk in his footsteps. And so this is about simplifying life in the spirit and simplifying. It's it's not about uh, taking away the the reverence and the awe of what God is capable of or or anything like that. It's just simply putting these things in their proper place and their proper perspective. You and I, as God's sons and daughters, we have access to the supernatural power of God working in and operating through us on a daily basis. And the more that we become aware of what's really available to us in terms of the presence of God and the power of God, the more we become aware of that, the more we really can step into our full identity as sons and daughters of God, as the bride of Christ. We are here on this planet to win for the lamb the reward of his suffering. We're here on this planet to tell people about Jesus and what he did and how good he is and how faithful he is. We're here to demonstrate his goodness. And yes, I said demonstrate. At the beginning of the gospel of, excuse me, not the gospel, at the beginning of the book of Acts, Luke, who also is the author of the gospel of Luke, Luke is writing that the, the book of Acts, he's writing it to this man named Theophilus, and he's writing the book, and he said, The former account that I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and teach. I think that that's deliberate, that the Holy Spirit orchestrated the words that way to be in the Bible for us. All that Jesus began to do and teach. Not teach and do, but do and teach. Jesus, very often, he did something, and then he went back and he told the disciples or he told the people what he had done, 
right? He would demonstrate the power of God. He would demonstrate compassion. He would demonstrate love. And he would demonstrate love and compassion and mercy and everything that he would demonstrate. He would do it so often by exercising the supernatural authority of God that was upon his life. So he would go in and he would heal somebody. He would raise somebody from the dead. He would cast out a demon. He would cleanse a leper, right? He would do these things that were miraculous, and, and it was a demonstration of the love of the Father. Everything that Jesus did, everything that he did was about demonstrating the love of the Father. And we get to walk in that same anointing because the same spirit that was in Jesus as he walked this earth and did all the amazing, spectacular, supernatural things that he did, that same spirit, his spirit, the spirit of God lives inside of us. And Jesus didn't just come to show us how amazing God is. Of course, that was part of it. But he didn't just come to show us what God can do. He actually came to show us what a man or a woman can do under the power and the authority and the direction of the Spirit of God when we are led by the Spirit of God as we walk through life. So what I wanted to do, this is the last episode of the year of this 2020 year. This year has been crazy. This year has not pulled any punches, <laughs> uh, but I'm for, I for one am going into this new year, finishing out this year, going into the new year with hope, with expectation, um, with, yeah, that's a good word. I'll stick with that, with expectation that God is going to do amazing things because he's promised things. And let me just encourage you before I jump into the word, um, whatever God has promised you, whatever he has showed you, Whatever, whatever that thing is or those things are, whether he's given you promises for your family, for your ministry, for your business, for your personal life, for your health, for your finances, hopefully you have promises from God for all of those areas or whatever areas of those areas apply to you. But hopefully you have some promises of God for your life. And maybe they were from this past year. Maybe they were from 50 years ago. I don't know. But the thing about a promise of God, a promise from God, is that his word does not return void, but it goes forth and it accomplishes that which he purposed for it to accomplish. So whatever God has spoken to you, I don't know what this year has looked like for you. I know that it's looked like devastation for a lot of people. I know that a lot of people lost their businesses. I know that a lot of people lost their jobs. I know that a lot of churches closed all around the world. I know that a lot of people lost loved ones. A lot of people um, were sick, are sick. I, I know that there's been a lot of uh, really horrible things that have gone on this year, but I really just want to encourage you that whatever God has promised you, even if it doesn't look like it right now, whatever God has promised you still stands. He is still faithful. He is still good. So just anchor your hope as you finish out this year and go into the new year, or maybe you're already listening to this in the new year, whatever the case may be, but anchor your hope. Continue to anchor your hope in the goodness of God because he will not forsake you. He's not forgotten about you. He's not forgotten about his promises to you. You know, coronavirus didn't knock God off of his throne. He is still seated on the throne throne. He is still faithful. He still loves you. He still knows you. He still remembers that thing that he promised you. And so often I really think that God is waiting on us, on his people to stand in agreement with him 
Uh, I believe it's Hebrews 10, 23, holding fast the confession of our faith. The confession, or some translations will use the word profession, of our faith, or some other translations will, will use the word hope. It doesn't really matter. The confession of our hope, the profession of our faith, whatever it is, holding fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We don't, we don't anchor our hope and our faith in the circumstances that are around us because that would be ridiculous and we would all fall apart. David's like, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost heart. I would have fainted. I would have gave out. That's uh, the the last verse or la- second to last verse of Psalm 27. So check that out too. But the, but he's like, I would have lost heart if I didn't believe that I would see the goodness of God, not in heaven someday, but here in the land of the living. I would have fainted. I would have given up. I would have quit. I would have lost heart. I would have completely lost it. That word is literally to faint. It's like to pass out. I would have run out of strength completely to the point of just giving up and throwing in the towel. But I knew I had this expectation, this anticipation that I would see the goodness of the Lord here in the land of the living, that I would see God come through on his promises and on his faithfulness. And when we anchor our desires and our expectations in what we see in front of us with our natural eyes, that's when we get into trouble because it doesn't always look like what God showed us. It doesn't always look like what he promised us. But rest assured that the promise stands. The word of God stands. I did not mean to talk about any of this this week. This is not part of the discussion, but I feel like this is for somebody out there. The word of God stands. So anchor your hope, anchor your faith, anchor your peace, anchor all of that, anchor your expectation as you go into this 2021 year in the goodness of God, in the faithfulness of God, in the fact that God does not go back on his word. He is faithful to finish the work that he's begun, holding fast the confession. That word confession is the Greek word homologio. I just like saying that word. It's a fun word to say, homologio. Is the Greek word homologio. It means to say the same thing as. We are declaring the same thing as God. We are maintaining our confession, our profession, saying the same thing as God. If God told you that you were going to have a prosperous business and right now your business has completely fallen apart and gone gone under, you still need to grab a hold of that word that God spoke to you, however, however long ago it was, and recognize the fact God said, God promised that I would have a prosperous business. Right now, my business is non-existent, but guess what? God said this, what God said, the truth of what God said is bigger than the facts that I'm seeing in front of me. I know that we look at the facts of life sometimes and we get really, really discouraged. And I'm not saying deny the existence of facts. All I'm saying is don't anchor your hope in facts. Anchor your hope in the reality of what God has promised. Because even though the facts might be there and they might be real, right? It might be real that your business went under. It might be real that you lost a loved one. It might be real that you've got some kind of issue or problem going on in your life or in your family or whatever the case may be. That might be very, very real. And I'm not encouraging you to deny the existence of that problem. All I'm encouraging you to do is to anchor your hope and your faith in a higher reality, a higher truth. And that is what God has promised, the word of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, because what God has spoken and declared is always bigger. It always supersedes what you see in front of you. That's why Paul in in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, 
He's like, or, excuse, or it might be verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen in terms of natural, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. That's verse 18. I'm sure of it now. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. Looking not at the things which are seen. When we look at what's seen, when we look at the visible, when we look at the natural, when we look at everything that we just perceive with our five senses, we get off track and we think that God has left us. We think that we're forsaken. We think that it's over. We think that it's done. We think that the enemy has somehow defeated us, but you cannot be defeated. And when you look at the things which are unseen, that unseen realm, the realm of the spirit where God has promised, because what God has promised from the moment God spoke it and declared that promise to you, it was already accomplished in the realm of the spirit. It might not look like it here in the natural, but it is so it is the reality of the faithfulness of God. So anchor your hope in the goodness of God. All right. Well, that was just completely extra. I hope that was good for somebody. <laughs> All right. So what I really wanted to do this week, and maybe these two points will connect at some point, but what I really wanted to do this week, and I'll share this very, very quickly. I'll do my best anyway. Um, just as the last episode of this year of 2020, I, I wanted to just kind of come back to something that's been sort of an anchor point for me foundationally in this journey that I've been on for the past several years of my life of exploring and just discovering more and more about the simplicity of walking in the spirit, of being led by the spirit and moving in the supernatural and seeing signs and wonders and believing God for breakthrough and for miracles and all this kind of stuff. This is one of the passages of scripture and it's Luke chapter seven, and I'll give you the verses in just a minute, but this is one of those passages of scripture that the Holy Spirit just directed me to really early on that really just kind of opened my eyes up to something in a new way. So I don't think I've ever shared this on this show before. I may have, uh, but uh, I don't believe I have. So anyway, Luke chapter 7, and I'm going to start reading in verse 19. And it's talking about John here, and it's talking not about John the Revelator who wrote the Gospel of John and the book of Revelation. It's talking about John the Baptist, all right? And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? So let me just give you the context. So John the Baptist is actually in prison at this point, and this is very, very close to the time when he's going to be beheaded. He's going to be killed. I'm not going to get into why right now he was thrown in prison, but he was in prison. Remember, John the Baptist is the one who went before Jesus declaring the way of the Lord. He went before Jesus. He went out um, into the wilderness and people were coming out to him and he was baptizing them. It was a baptism in water, a baptism of repentance. And he was basically preparing people for the coming of the Messiah. And so John had dedicated his life. He had dedicated his ministry to serving the Messiah and to prophesying and foretelling the coming of the Messiah and preparing the people. That's what he did. He was a pretty radical dude. So he says, "Are you, so he sends two of his disciples to Jesus because he can't go because he's in prison. So he sends his disciples to Jesus. When the men, verse 20, had come to him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you saying, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And here's the thing. <laughs> verse 21. And that very hour, he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits and to many blind he gave sight. So John asks this question, are you the coming one? Are you the Messiah? Are you him? Are you the Christ? Are you the one that we've been declaring? Are you the one that John has dedicated his life to? Are you the one? 
Verse 21 again. And that very hour he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. Now listen to Jesus' response to these two disciples of John in Luke, this is Luke chapter 7, verse 22. Been one of the just foundational verses of my life. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. I love that verse so much because what it says to me is that, you know, Jesus could have easily come out and said, Yeah, I'm Jesus. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that God sent. I was born of the Virgin Mary in Bethlehem. All these prophecies were fulfilled because of me. I'm the one. I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah. I am like he could have easily said all of that, but here's the thing. He didn't say any of that. What he did was that very hour, he cured many of infirmities. He cast out demons. He healed deaf ears. He caused blind eyes to open. And so he tells them, he's like, just go and tell John what you've seen and what you've heard. The gospel requires demonstration. Christianity requires demonstration. My personal conviction is that Christianity without power is an incomplete Christianity. That life, in the, that life with Jesus, that walking with Jesus without power is incomplete. I'm not saying that you're not saved. I'm not saying that you're not a good Christian. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is that we need these elements. We need the presence of God in our lives. And the result of that is power. The result of that, the outflowing of that is that miraculous things happen. The outflowing of that is that breakthrough happens. The outflowing of that is that people around you are blessed. That the gospel is preached. That the deaf hear. That even the dead are raised. You know, Jesus said, he's like, you'll do the same things that I've done and even greater works than these you will do. Why? Because I go to my father. The fact that Jesus went to his father, that he was ascended and glorified at the right hand of the father. He sat down in that place of perpetual rest. He invites you and I into that rest where we stand in alignment with him and we stand, we walk through life according to and based on the finished works of Jesus Christ. And when our lives are governed by the fact that Jesus completed and took care of everything that we will ever need then it just becomes the natural outflowing of our lives for miracles and breakthrough to happen. It just becomes normal and natural. And I really think that that's what Jesus was getting at in these verses and probably so much more than I've even understood up to this point. But he's like, look, it's not about my words only. It's about what have you seen? Jesus did and he taught. He demonstrated the word of God, the kingdom of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ needs demonstration. It needs to be demonstrated. Why? Because the world is broken. Because there are people all around you that are broken. And I remember growing up and, you know, growing up as a, as a good Christian, growing up in the church and everything else and loving youth group and, you know, loving all these things and just ha having this sort of cynical mindset at certain times with people like, oh, that person just needs Jesus. You just need Jesus. Like we can get so overly religious with stuff. We can get so overly religious with stuff. You know, my friends used to ask me, hey, Duke, how come you don't go to the parties and how come you don't drink and how come you don't smoke and how come you don't do all these things? How come you don't cuss like everybody else? And my response was always, I, I don't do these things because because I'm a Christian. And, you know, I, I think that that's a good it's a it's a legitimate answer. It's a it's a legitimate answer. At the time, I was sincere. 
But here's what I discovered, you know, years later, as I looked back on that, I was like, you know what, I think what I was actually doing was leading people to believe that being a Christian is all about what you can't do. That being a Christian is all about not doing certain things. And it was true. I didn't do those things because I was a Christian. But the way that I expressed it, I think probably led people to think that being a Christian is all about not going to parties. That being a Christian is all about not doing these things that everybody else thinks are fun. Life in the spirit, life with Jesus is not defined by rules and regulations. He's not here to make, to, to restrict us and to hold things back from us. Life with Jesus is not about rules and regulations, and it shouldn't be defined by what we can and cannot do. I'm not saying that's not part of it, but I'm saying that it shouldn't be defined by that. What we should define our lives by is the presence and the power of God. We should, our lives should be defined by the presence of Jesus all the way back to the very beginning. You know, we just came through the Christmas season and my, my favorite verse, <laughs> Christmas related, is that simple verse about his name will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel meaning God with us. God wanted to be with you. That's why he came because he wanted to be with you. And he wanted to be with you. He wanted you to know him. He wanted to bring you into the fullness of his destiny for you. He wanted to bring you into the fullness of his promises for you to the point that you get to walk with him and experience the adventure of knowing him, partnering with his heart and experiencing breakthrough, not just in your personal life, but actually able to uh, being able to release breakthrough to those around you. Let me read this again. Go tell John the things you have seen and heard. That the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And verse 23, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Yeah, well, you know, those people, they're all going to hell. They just need Jesus. Yeah, they need Jesus. That's why they're in your life. All right? <laughs> That's why you're there. That's why you're there to be the demonstration of Jesus to demonstrate love and to demonstrate compassion. And sometimes demonstrating love and compassion is just about saying a simple word. It's, sometimes it is as simple as, you know what, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. Sometimes it's as simple about, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Sometimes it's that simple, but sometimes it requires a demonstration of power. Sometimes it requires you getting into that situation with that person and standing in the gap with that person. Sometimes it requires you laying your hands on that person. Sometimes it just depends on what the Spirit of God is doing and what that situation needs at the time. But when we look at Jesus, he says he only did what he saw his father do. John chapter 5, verse 19. He only did what he saw his father do. He was led by the Spirit of God. He was led by his Father. He, he demonstrated the love of the Father, the heart of the Father perfectly. That means that every blind eye that he opened, it was because that's what the Father was doing. Every demon that he cast out is because that was what the Father was doing. That was the agenda of the Father in that moment. And so Jesus is like, I see you, Dad. I see what you're doing. Let me walk in this. As a child of God, you carry the presence of God with you that he lives inside of you, that that same spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives and works in you. And uh, this just came to my mind. Let me read to you one last verse. Sounds like a good way to kind of wrap up this year. And let me just say that I really do appreciate everybody who's been a part of this throughout this year. Anybody who's, um, 
gone along with any of the things that I've uh, that I've uh, put out as far as books or teachings or you know online content. Uh, definitely anybody who's checked out this uh, podcast and anybody who's maybe checked out the YouTube channel or anything like that. I appreciate you all so much. Thank you so much for sharing and liking and subscribing and everything that you've done. Uh, really appreciate you guys. So thanks so much for making this an awesome year for me. And uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Just want to encourage you with this before we close. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. He can do above and beyond all that you could ask or think or even imagine. But check out that last phrase, according to the power that works within you. According to his power that works within us. His power is in you. His power works within you. That's not something that you have to fight for or strive for or attain to or qualify for because Jesus already qualified you for it from day one, from moment number one in the kingdom, from the moment that you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, from the moment that you begin your relationship with God, this verse applies to you. He has qualified you. So whatever you do, don't compare yourself. Don't disqualify yourself. Don't think that you're not good enough. Don't think that because you missed it or because you did something wrong or you did a lot of things wrong or whatever, don't think that you're disqualified from this reality that the power of God is available to you, lives and works within you. And as we go into this new year, let's be the demonstration of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. I'm not talking about even big, huge, profound things. I'm talking about in the simplicity of life, just allowing the Spirit of God to direct us as we go throughout our daily life, whether it's with our family or with total strangers or people on our job or people you go to school with or people at your church or whatever. But just being open to what the Spirit of God would direct you to do in daily life in terms of just giving away what He has so freely given to each and every one of us. All right, bless you guys. Thanks so much again for being here for the final episode of 2020. Hope you have an awesome new year and everything else. Finish out the year strong. I'll see you next week.